It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Sister Joan Chittister encourages us to take a second look at the faith we thought we knew. An award-winning author of nearly 50 books, she brings her passion, her energy, and fiery spirit to everything she does. Born in Dubois, Pennsylvania, Sister Joan says she felt called to be a nun at just three years old after the death of her father. As she grew in faith, she also grew in the courage of her convictions— The devout Catholic nun with a modern mind, she speaks out about the role women play in our global culture. Her wisdom and moxie have taken her far beyond the monastery walls. Today, she's 78. She writes, lectures, travels the world, spreading a universal message of peace, justice, and equality. I love it that uh, my good friend Elizabeth Lesser, who's been on this show many times, as you know, calls you a spiritual visionary who lives between water and fire. (laughs) Only Elizabeth can catch it so well. (laughs) Between water and fire. Do you see that in yourself? No, uh, Mm. but I recognize that when somebody reads it back to me, (laughs) I say to myself, oh, goodness, am I coming across like that? I'm, I'm really... I'm really quite a sap. I'm really a patsy. But my problem is that I, I care a lot. I care a lot. And it's that picture of Jesus walking from Galilee to Jerusalem and seeing someone on the side of the road, and he simply can't pass. What is amazing is, is that you've been a Catholic nun for 60 years. Two years. 62 years. And I talk a lot on this show about calling. I speak a lot in my life about, because I believe everybody who's on the planet, you've been called to do, to to live up to your your humanity, your humanness. But I've never quite met anybody who knew at three years old, (laughs) standing, looking in a casket, that that, that, that that being a nun was your calling. Can you tell me how you knew that? Yeah, I do. It was quite clear to this little mind. Uh, My father had died. Uh, He was 23. My mother was a 21-year-old widow uh, with this little baby. How many children did she have? Oh, I'm it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, uh, she dressed dressed me to take me to the funeral parlor. Her brothers and sisters said, you're not going to, you cannot take that child to a funeral parlor. Mm -hmm. My mother said her father died. She has to grieve like we do. 
she's going. So she's holding me now in front of the casket. I've got my little hands around her head. I can feel the tears. Her face are, is wet. I know something terrible, but I'm looking over her shoulder mm -hmm. like I'm looking there. And down there at the end of the casket, I say, Mama, what are those two things? What are those things? At, at, there, at the end, and my mother Cern, uh, hugs me a little and she says, honey, those are, those are sisters. Those are special friends of daddy's and special friends of God's. They taught your daddy in high school and they're gonna stay here tonight. And when God comes for daddy's soul, they're gonna say, this is Joan's daddy and, and he, he's very good. Take him straight to God. And I said to myself, I wanna be one of those. I thought that was the best job in the in the world. You just sit around waiting and, and, and helping get, helping come. people's daddies get to That's God. That's right. Helping people's that daddies was, get and to I God. spent the rest of my life racing across streets to say hello to nuns. Hi, sister. Hi, sister. And I went to a Catholic school, and I was not disappointed. I don't have any horror stories of my Catholic education. Those sisters were loving. They were smart, they were competent, and they became a model of womanhood for me. Mm. A long time before there was any language for it. Don't go anywhere. More to come after this short break. No two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies can't get enough of Texas' world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, Visually led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Well, this is what's so interesting. You, you, you've authored now how many books? Fifty. About. Fifty books. But... A nun who is a passionate advocate for women around the world. Yes. Yeah. I know you care very much about what happens to women in the world. Are you disappointed at what happens to women in the church? Oh, of course. Mm. Well, because you have to be. If uh, there's nothing wrong with the gospel, it's clear. Jesus had no problem with women. They were part of the band. Mm -hmm. uh, they were walking with him in the, in the streets when no woman was permitted to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus, as uh, I have said for years, and mean it quite sincerely, Jesus was a feminist. But all of a sudden, when the churches get institutionalized, right. guess who's in charge? By men. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And that's what we're dealing with ever since. But the, but the message in 
in the Gospels is quite clear, and that's what we have to hold on to. Does the God you pray to have a gender? No. Not at all? No. Not at all. You write about the divine feminine. How is the divine feminine different than the divine masculine? Well, in the first place, we're not talking about the divine male yeah. and the divine female. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the God who is life, who is all of energy, who is the seed of everything that ever existed, who burst into the universe with, with everything that we'll ever see and ever be able to be. Now, if that God is the, the ultimate and primary seed of all life, that's my seed as well as his seed over there. And you cannot have a consciousness of God unless you have a consciousness then of life in all of its forms. Right. So God isn't a Catholic God. Oh, God, no. No, no, but we used to tell a marvelous. I just told this two nights ago in Charleston about the Anglican who came and St. Peter said, yeah, you, you've been good. You can get in. Uh, just, uh, just remember to tiptoe by room 10. The Methodist, yeah, you, you're doing well. He said, what, just, you, you got a room down there, but just tiptoe by room 10. And the Lutheran came and, and he said, uh, you know, I, I got a good record on you. You just, you got a room down here, just tiptoe. Turned around, he said, "St. Peter, what? Why are we all tiptoeing by room ten? He said, "Because that's a Catholic room, and they think they're the only ones up here." <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we came from. But I didn't. You see, when my mother married again, she married a Presbyterian, and I, my little life, your moved. Catholic mom married yes, a Presbyterian. That's right. And that was a big no-no. That's right. In both churches, Catholics had no monopoly on prejudice. Yeah. And I saw the goodness in my stepfather. He, 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 was, he was a good man, a good, honest man. Isn't it amazing how we human beings have a way of creating divisions where there are none, obviously through race and class. And I just think when I read that, that, oh, wow, the Presbyterians and the Catholics also? Yes. Wow. Well, and, and think what you just said. We create the divisions. How is that, Oprah, when we all say we believe in one God? Mm. All of them. Every religion says there's one God. Now, if that is true, yes. why would we expect the message to be different everywhere? Why wouldn't we understand that this one God would have one message for one humanity? Why wouldn't we realize that that God has, has a different faces and different tongues, but that the message that comes through is going to be compassion. Right. It's going to be honesty. It's, it's going to be love. It's going to be love. That is the language. Yes. Well, this is what I want to talk to you about today. I was so struck by, um, in Essential Writings, page 117, when you talk about becoming fully human. And you ask the question, what does it mean to be human? And you tell the story, if you can take us back, to the night you lost your bird. Billy. Yeah. Yeah, I was about 12, uh, if this is, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was about 12, we came home expecting company, so we'd all been out shopping, and my little parakeet was gone. Mm -hmm. I was an only child. I, this may seem strange to people, but that little bird was my companion. Mm -hmm. This, the, I, I didn't go home to Playmates. I went home to Billy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Billy's now missing. My father moved every piece of furniture in that apartment. My mother looked under How long did chair. you have Billy? I'd had her, I'd had Billy, I suppose, about 
three years, mm -hmm. certainly two years. Mm -hmm. I mean, and she, I had taught her to talk a little bit, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. The company came. Uh, I'm the child in the house, and I don't know how your family ran, yep. but the kid got out of the, the That's bed. That's right. You're to the, be seen and not heard. That's right. And the family went yes. to bed. Okay. Yeah. But I, my heart was breaking, and I got into that bed, and I put my face down in the pillow, and I sobbed. I knew I had to be quiet. I couldn't disturb anybody, but I was crying, and my little body was heaving. And the next thing I knew was I felt somebody on the floor beside me and then an arm on my back, and I realized it was my mother. And then I felt somebody on the floor on the other side, and I realized it was my father. And they had their arms around me saying, that's all right, darling, that's all right. We understand, that's all right. And I, and I said to myself later, as I look back over the years, that's when I learned that humanity is about identifying with somebody else's pain, with, with being there, yeah. with, with somehow or other knowing that you cannot pass on the road because it's not your bird and it's not your child and it's not your pain. Humanity is the ability to hurt for the others, because that's the only fuel that will stop the injustice. Mm -hmm. You must know people as people, and you must do what they need in the middle of their pain. Wow. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Some things should be boring, like banking. Boring is safe and reliable. You don't want your bank to be entertaining. Entertaining is for podcasts with inspiring celebrity guests, not banks. PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. And then you go on to say, that is what we have lost. We defend ourselves by threatening the globe and our own level of civilized humanness with it. We've chosen technological progress and financial profits over the needs of human beings. We have bartered the quality of our own souls. We live the denial of reverence for life. Yes. We're living off of, re of, of weapons. Our shoes are made someplace else. Our jeans are made someplace else. Our toys are made at some other child's uh, diminishment. And 
but what we're selling are our weapons. And you go on to say, we've become a society of machines and business degrees, of stocks and bonds, of world power and world devastation, of what works and what makes money. This is, this is what got me. We train our young to get ahead, our middle aged to consume, and our elderly to be silent. Oh, oh, oh. We have taken the wisdom factor right out of modern civilization. We have used education to keep young people out of the workforce as long as we can, because we're not producing anything. We're not doing anything. And then we use retirement as the way to get them out as soon as possible. So here we take them out up here just when they know something, just when their experience and their own sense of moral choices has now been developed to, the, to a high point. Because that's we, what aging is. That's right. That's it's the wisdom is. factor. It's the wisdom factor. And we never ask them another question. We, we just simply throw people away. They're disposable. And we wonder why our only answers are technological and financial. So you go on to say, we are sophisticated now. We talk about our ideas for getting ahead rather than about our ideas for touching God. I love that line. Yeah. So much I'm going to say it again. We talk about our ideas for getting ahead rather than about our ideas for touching God. We are miles from our roots and light years away from our upbringings. This really struck me. We have abandoned the concerns of the civilizations before us. We have forsaken the good, the true, and the beautiful for the effective, the powerful, and the opulent. We have abandoned enoughness for the sake of consumption. We are modern, we are progressive, and we are lost. Deny it, deny it. We even managed to bottle religion. We have forgotten that the, you know, there's a great Sufi story about uh, the, the disciples say to the master, master, uh, don't die. If you go, what will we do? Whatever you, don't die. Mm -hmm. And one day he says to them, look, I'm gonna tell you something. I, I have been with you all these years and all I have done is, is point at the moon. When I go, I hope to God you will finally see the moon. We have the institutions. We have, we have the church organizations. Uh, we, we have all, all, of the, all the literature. But the fact of the matter is that it's got to be all about God. And it's got to be all about our contemplating God. What does that mean? Contemplation comes down to seeing the world as God sees the world. God is compassion. We have been, how do we know that? Because we have everything we need. Everything we need to live good lives on this earth mm -hmm. if we could only get our hands on them. Mm -hmm. If you could only live with the people that I live so with. So the suffering and the wars and the devastation and the shame that so many people have to endure because of other people doing tragic things to them, that's because people are doing that. That's right. Yeah, because that, we have been given everything we need. That's right. Yeah, people yes, are doing yes, that. Because well, people say, where is God yeah. in that? Oh, I, where I, is God in that? I've heard it so much. We have to pray for the elimination of nuclear weapons. I said, why? 
Why would you pray for the Illuminati? Well, because they're terrible. I said, then get rid of them. God didn't create nuclear weapons. We did, and we can uncreate them anytime we want to. We keep blaming God, sitting around, waiting for God to save us from this and save us from that and save us from this. We have to say no to it ourselves. We have to stand up and say, because no. God yes. has given us right. everything, everything we need. Everything we need. Is there a common core to all spiritual practices? Because I know you make it a priority to engage with people of other faiths, yes. saying God comes in many colors and many speaks tongues. in many, many tongues. tongues. That's right. Ah, yes. The practices differ. Every, every denomination, every tradition practices its faith, demonstrates it, right. um, makes an iconography of it in different words and different ways. Yes. It's not the practice. It's what the practice is meant to be about yeah. and what the practice is meant to get you. And those are all common. Yeah, and I just love you saying the practice, everyone in every faith, whether you're Muslim or Hindu or Christian, it, every practice is pointing to the moon. To the moon. That's right. To that which is God. That's right. Yeah, that which is God. Mm -hmm. So, the soul is a common theme in 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 all the major faiths. What do you, how do you define the soul? Well, I, for me, I mean, the soul, as far as I'm concerned, is that that light of consciousness. Of, of the beauty of life, and it's given to you to keep. And we're, those who are, we, we talk about people being soulful mm -hmm. or full of soul mm -hmm. or having more soul mm -hmm. than other, and you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's layers of consciousness. It's layers of awareness. Mm -hmm. And so the, the more life that you let in, the more life you will have. And then your own soul does grow. And, and you know, uh, Exuberi says someplace, something like this. He says, um, to live is to be slowly born. Mm. There's no magic age. 18 doesn't do it. 21 doesn't oh, do it. Oh, I love it. that. I love that. To, be, to, to live, live is, is to, to be, be slowly born. born. It's a process. Yeah. And so the soul also grows in us. I don't have the same soul that I had at six. I have a soul now that's thicker, deeper, warmer, broader, brighter. Wiser. 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 Than ever before. Wiser. I, I, this is what I love so much in this writing. And if you, if, this is my favorite takeaway for, for this Sunday, among others. You say it is possible to go beyond religion and become a prayer. Oh, yes. I just, the idea of becoming yeah. a prayer. Yeah. How do we do that? Well, you just know it. I mean, you, you know the presence of God. That whole notion then of, of becoming a prayer mm -hmm. is, is, this, is this notion of becoming a filter that sees God in everything. Mm. Right here in front of your face. This is, this is, the, God, this is the God moment. This is the God consciousness in you. Sometimes that comes through prayer, formal prayer, regular prayer, mm -hmm. ritual prayer. Sometimes it comes through another person. You say, I've never seen anybody like that. 
Mm -hmm. this, this is amazing. Sometimes it comes through responsibility. This is my child and I have been given this child to raise well. Sometimes it comes through a ministry. I am doing this, yes, I, I, I'd like to be paid more. I'm not being paid as much, but I know I belong here because this is my gift and I'm touching people the best I can. That's the prayer power. And that, that, that is your becoming of prayer. And that's the filter through which you see the world. Hmm. What is the purpose, do you think, of human experience? Oh, it's to grow us into God. It's so we can melt into God as we go. It's to keep, what, what, what is the purpose of, of leaven in, in dough? To, to, to enable it to expand. And so human experience is the, is the leaven of God in, our, in, in, in the world around us. And so we are either growing or collapsing at every moment. We're either becoming bigger sold or smaller sold at every moment. And, and however you and I become, everybody else becomes around us. Or otherwise they have no model. You also write that listening to life is also the key to spiritual growth. Yeah, I believe it is because it's the, only, it's the only proper ground of compassion. Don't you think life is speaking to us all the time? All the time. All the time. And calling us out of ourselves all, all of the, the time. time. Yeah, if you contemplate God, the answer to the contemplation of God is to do the will of God for other people. That's where compassion comes in, to, to serve with passion to serve with love, to have passion for what's going on in front of you. And you put those two things together, this contemplation of the will of God and the compassion that proves that you have touched the heart of God. And that is you as prayer. I love that. So what do you believe? What do you define as human? Well, you, you, what, I, what I believe is that God wills us well and not woe, and that our responsibility as humans mm -hmm. is to get that and give that to one another. And when you say God, again, I'm just saying this to, for people who yeah. are just joining us, as a Catholic nun, you're not talking about the Catholic God. No, I'm you're not talking, talking about, about God. You're talking about the all-inclusive. Oh, yes. I'm talking about the God who is life. The God who all is life. life. All life. Your yeah. life and yeah. my life. Which I think is a good definition of God, don't you? Well, of course God it is. God is life. Yeah. God is life. Mm. And God is love. I don't understand any religion that, that, that isn't centered in those two things. I mean, you can make up all your liturgical dances that you want, and mm -hmm. I'll love them. I'll mm -hmm. be the first one to join. Mm -hmm. But if it ends there, something's wrong. We missed. We didn't touch the mind of God. And without these, life is useless. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A joke. And humanity a farce is what you yes, say. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You do come with your heart on fire. Yeah. Your heart's on fire. What is it you most want to see change in the world? Well, I'm, I'm fundamental about this. I really believe that nothing is going to change in the world until the situation of women changes. Yeah. I really believe that, and, I, and I'll tell you why. You cannot simply dismiss over half of the human race, which means dismiss their agendas, dismiss their needs, dismiss their gifts, dismiss their intelligence. Uh, we, we are now in, at the place where uh, 
men are running everything, which means that uh, humanity is seeing with one eye, hearing with one ear, and thinking with one half of the human brain. No wonder we're doing the things we're doing. We're bringing to the table only half the needs of the human race. And I don't mean that men are, are doing this uh, purposefully. It's just that they only have half the experience. They have half the wisdom. They have half the intelligence. So they're making full decisions out of half of the, of the, of the resources that we should have, and it looks like it every single time. Who gets left behind? Who are the poorest of the poor? Yeah. Who are two-thirds of the... women and the children. Yeah, women the women and the, and the children. Women and the children. The women and the children. She's got All one on this... All over the world. One in her arms and one in her belly, and she's walking across the desert, and nobody is pulling up a golf cart to get her. Now, how can we do that? How can we look at that and not understand that that has to change? Mm -hmm. So what could we be, what should we be doing now to fulfill our humanity? Youngsters, young college women asked me that two weeks ago in, uh, in Minneapolis, and my answer was not flip, it was, it was real. My answer was something. What should we do? Something. something. Each of us must do something. something where we are that changes the, the, uh, the attitude of the neighborhood and the attitude of the office and the attitude of, of the boardroom and the attitude of the bank. Do something. Wherever you see wherever injustice, you are. Wherever you see That's right. despair. Wherever Absolutely. you see it. Yes. Yeah, I used to say this um, so many years when I was doing the Oprah show. Once you've seen it and it's come into your consciousness, you can't pretend you didn't no. see it. And you, you can, can never not see it You again. can never not see it again. You can never now act like you don't know about right. those people. Right. Who are, you, you can't. No. no, you can't. So wherever you are, do something. Do something. Yeah. Being a nun and living as you do a strict religious practice, where, where is the line between religion and spirituality for you? Well, it's at that pointing at the moon. Pointing at the moon. It's that, religion is pointing at the moon. That's right. Yeah. Religion is not the ultimate. Religion is not itself the moon, but it is meant to help us see the moon and to, to require us uh, to reach for it. Do you, do, you, do you believe that there are many ways to point towards the moon? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. As many as there are people. It's do something. Yeah. That is a pointing at the moon. Yeah. Wherever you are. And then when you, you see... You believe that that's what all religions are doing, pointing towards the moon. I do. Mm -hmm. I, I really do. Mm -hmm. Didn't you have a mystical experience? It's like 13. It was, Would you call it, was, it a mystical experience? <laughs> no, I didn't know what to call it. It, it affected me. It's still with me. Mm -hmm. When you touch that word in my head, the light comes on, but I honestly, that night was kind of shook. I was in the cathedral by myself. Our Girl Scout troop met in the basement of the cathedral, but I used to sneak up the back stairs to make a private visit in the church. And I was at the communion rail, what was then the communion rail, and all of a sudden there was a, a burst of light. And I thought, somebody's in the church and turned on all the lights. But there wasn't anybody and the light dimmed and went away. And I was t 
terribly affected by that. I, I, I never told anybody that for years and years and years. And now I say, to, when I say to myself now, what was that, Joan? I said, I don't know. Maybe it was a bad light switch. Maybe the janitor snuck in, but it affected me. And it said, it came over the, Catholics always had the tabernacle, you know, and it was just like I could see that light. And What did you feel in oh, that moment? Oh, just a little scared and warm and wonderful because it was beauty. I mm. thought it was beauty. Mm -hmm. It was such beauty, mm -hmm. whatever it was. And it just, the feeling never really left. And I love how you say in the book, I remembered this line, I love beautiful sentences, uh, beauty scatters the seed of hope in us. Oh, yeah. Yes. Beauty scatters oh, the yes. seed of hope that's right. in us. That's exactly what it's about. Yeah. That's why that's why making beauty is so important. And I've been talking about to audiences about raising the minimum wage. Here we have all of this money flowing to the top. Mm -hmm. And the people who are, who are making it for these people, all they want is a living wage. And we're still seeing that being resisted. And I said, don't you understand? Surely some people here realize that what we give them will only enhance us Absolutely. and will enhance our city. They'll be able to plant, plant flowers in their front yard. They'll be able to paint the house. They'll be able to take care of their own children. And they'll be a happy, a happy uh, universe in the center of us that, that calms everybody's mm -hmm. fears and raises Because that is hopes. our role, our spiritual role here on earth, our role as human beings, is to be able to do something. That's right. Something. For something. Yes. You say science has so much to teach us about yeah. spirituality. Well, yeah, I, I, I have said publicly science is the spiritual director of this age. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That's science, good. science is teaching us the power. Science is the spiritual, spiritual director, director of this age. Yes. That is a tweetable moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I believe it very strongly. And why? Because we will now, in the next 25 years, we will have to restructure all of our language to explain what is our fundamental truth. What bite are we taking out of the apple? We call it global warming. Mm -hmm. But the apple doesn't mean anything anymore. But science is telling us you are, you are ruining the garden. You're destroying the garden. That's why it's our spiritual director. That's right. It's our spiritual That's director. Right. Wow. Why do you think that science and faith are often seen as such opposing forces? Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's been false PR right from day one. I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't work. I mean, uh, they, they, this whole notion that there is a natural enmity there, on the contrary, there is a an, an, an natural marriage there of a phenomenal wonder at the world yeah. and everything in it. Yeah, the mystery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you look through a, a Hubble telescope and say to yourself, Oh, I don't know. I figure, you know, we've got it all. Mm -hmm. And who cares what's out there? Tell me who doesn't care what's out there. What is it you know for sure? I know that life is a process. And I know that the contemplation of God is what leads to the compassion that is the glue of society. Mm.
thank you for everything you're doing, Oprah. God bless you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.